sweaty gamers and welcome to season two episode one of casual sweats the only video game podcast you will ever need my name is josh one of your hosts entering the chat is evan small my co-host what's up everyone we are excited. This is season two, episode one. As I said, how many times, Evan, do you think I'm going to say season two, episode one in this episode? Well, one what episode of is two. it? Though? Your audio. Comes well, out. it's it's season one of episode. It's season two of episode one. I'm already mixing it up. One more time for the third time. Okay, so this is going to be the first episode of the second season of Casual Sweats, the only video it. game podcast that anybody will ever need. And I'm Josh, and you're Evan. <laughs> And we're going to do up, season two, episode one. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about Epic versus Apple. Um, the verdict of which I think we're going to hear uh, within a couple of days, a few days at this point, at the time of recording. Um, so by the time this comes out, we may know what the verdict is. Um, but we'll get into that. And And if you're unfamiliar with the fact that two of the biggest companies on planet earth are at war with each other. We'll fill you in. We're also going to talk about E3. We're going to talk about what we've been playing. We're going to talk about resident evil. We're going to talk about, um, D and D probably at some point, because it's one of my new obsessions. Um, and we're going to talk about the, the battle of the Tims, Evan, which I'm very excited about. So let's get into it. E3 is coming up June 12th through June 15th. And so we're definitely going to talk about E3, but we're going to talk about it after it happens. Like we get, we got to take it in. We got to see what happens and we got to take in the information and then we got to disseminate you. That's that's it's like photosynthesis, what but are we gaining information. We're inseminating our viewers ears with information about E3 after it happens. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you like that. You dirty <laughs> listeners, you. Uh, so, it's going to be all online this year, um, which is kind of weird, but, you know, at least we're getting an E3 because we didn't get one last year, which I was very ex- uh, upset about. Um, fucking COVID took everything that mattered away from all of us. I shouldn't make jokes like that, but mm-hmm. if you can't joke, what can you do? Um, it's been a long year. The, <laughs> one of the things that we know about E3 this year is that since Xbox recently acquired Bethesda, Xbox and Bethesda will have a combined press conference. Um, so we'll see what comes out of that, but... Uh, that's very exciting. That's coming up June 12th through 15th, so we're going to talk about that. Um, before we get into everything else, Evan, let's go to Progress Bar. And let's talk about what we've been getting up to in the world of video games, uh, since this is a video game podcast. And I'll I'll this throw is. it to you, man. I'll throw it to you to talk about what you've been getting up to. I love that we're doing a new season of this podcast and I'm still playing the same games that I've talked about through nine episodes of season one. I've been playing season any- season two, by the way, season two, season two, of, season two. Of, and this is the first episode of that season. Wait, episode one, season two. That's right. We did right. say that in the beginning. Um, yeah, I think reminder. we did, but just yeah. in case. Yeah, I have been playing NHL quite a bit, doing a hockey ultimate team, building. A You're team kidding that. me. I know it's crazy, right? And then, believe it or not, I'm still playing Warzone, Call of Duty, even Evan. after they've released Black Ops. Evan, I know. I know have, I know. You, have you won Warzone yet? I have. I have won Warzone several times. However, I will say that it is so sweaty in there. Like, <laughs> it, we went what felt like months without seeing water, and water being the W in this case. 
Like mm-hmm. it was brutal. And finally, as of about a week ago, ended up getting two back-to-back wins. Unfortunately nice. for me, I was like, all right, well, you know the rule. We got our first win. You know the rule. You got to keep playing until you lose. Got to go again. Yep. Didn't think that that was going to take place at 1030 and didn't think we were going to win again. And we did. And then we almost got another W after that, but ended up with a, a second place, a two Two dubs, one second place, but it felt good to finally get a win after two weeks. And Not bad. this is why we do it. Yeah, Not it's... bad. Wandering through the desert of defeat exactly. and then finally stumbling into the oasis of victory. Uh, how badly do you think that spiked the algorithm against you, though? Two wins in one night back to back and then a second place. Well, considering that I haven't ranked like top 10 since then, there's probably a pretty good, <laughs> good chance of that. That fucking skill based matchmaking, dude. It doesn't. It's it. It's not skill based, and it's not. It doesn't match anybody. No, and Call of Duty still has hackers. So the the hackers. I mean, this is apparently like a rampant problem within Call of Duty, whereas other games like Apex, like has got a pretty good grasp of anti cheating and all of that. But apparently now there's a new cheat in which hackers can get into bronze level lobbies. And so you're playing against, well, not only hackers, but you're playing against potentially people that are ranked way above that, including streamers, which were, you know, there's been a few that have come out and been caught with running yeah. this, this cheat. So I think Call of Duty definitely needs to address it, but here I am complaining about it and still playing and still complaining about not being able to jump over rocks. So <laughs> fix your fucking Dude. game. That's what's insane to me. All right, so they they constantly and I, like this is coming from somebody who hasn't played war game war war game, Warzone in probably that's how long it's been since I've played Warzone. I'm calling it war game in probably three or four months, if not longer. Like it's been a very long time. I haven't played since the map changed or any of that. Um, but it's insane to me that they constantly rebalance weapons. At at one point, like they did add like. Intra- like locations and like in- like interest points and things like that. They had the mm-hmm. ship with the zombies and all that stuff, and they still haven't fucking fixed the fact that you can jump up and grab a ledge and climb over like a six foot wall, mm-hmm. but you there's like a two foot pebble in front of you and you can't jump over it, and so you'll get stuck in front of a pebble and just mowed down by somebody, and you can't hide behind that pebble. No, you would think if you can't jump over it, you could hide behind it, but you can't hide behind it. So it's just an invisible wall in front of you but you can jump over like six foot walls so your dude apparently has the ups to like jump and climb over a wall but he can't jump over a pebble and they still haven't fixed that but they they're happy to make all kinds of other changes to the game let me be clear too if video game development was as simple as copying and pasting that's what they did in these updates they've literally copied and pasted parts of the map and then went into microsoft paint and just colored them differently what looks more 1980s to fit this theme? <laughs> Let's copy and paste this location over here, and then we're going to paint it a little bit red or this or that. Like, it is a very, <laughs> very, like, what is the minimal amount of effort we can put into this update? I love the thought of the, the development team just being like, we're hard at work. And then they go yeah. to work and they're just like, pl- they're playing Nerf Wars or whatever most of the day. <laughs> and then like the last five minutes are like, oh, quick, quick, copy and paste this thing and just like shade it a little bit differently. That's exactly that what they did. What are your, what's your opinion? Because um, it came out a while back with like all the cheaters and stuff in Warzone that they, they put, when somebody reports a cheater, they, they don't 
sometimes they don't ban them from the game altogether. They just start sending cheaters to like hackers lobbies. So it's like hackers really? playing against hackers. Um, oh, interesting. You haven't heard this. I've yet. never heard that. No. So I like, I don't know what makes the determination between like, like permanently banning somebody and then just sending them to a hackers lobby. Um, but they do that with people like what, what's your, what is your stance on like, should they just permanently ban anybody that's using hacks or do you like the idea of all the hackers getting sent to a hacker's lobby where they can like aimbot the shit out of each other and just like chase their oh, own tails? Essentially? I think that that's uh, an exercise in empathy right there. Like, okay, you want to hack? Well, here's what an entire lobby of hackers <laughs> looks like. I think that's uh, actually a great idea, but I don't have the numbers if that actually works and can help deter it or in, maybe it's just like a, you want the best of the best hackers. We're going to put you into this and figure out, like, I feel like they're only going to get better with hacking. So maybe I could be wrong. I know nothing how about long, gamer hacking. So how long until there's an esports tournament with just hacks, like whatever hacks you want to use, everybody just use your best hacks. It's like the performance enhancement, like a, getting a right. sport together. If everybody just <laughs> completely juiced, i.e. baseball. Yeah, it's like the XFL, but with but with video <laughs> games. <laughs> like Throwback. nothing is against the rules. <laughs> um, and NHL, you said you're still building the ultimate team. Yeah, I've been uh, getting into that, and it's it's a blast. It's a good mode, but uh, some of my my gripes with NHL, and this is, I think this the, they did a great job with 21 and as a whole. So it's not to to shit on the entire uh, game and everything, but. I don't think they had a budget for a UX designer because if you could do something with one click, which you can, there's definitely opportunities for that. They, they're like, how many clicks can we fit into this experience before you start getting frustrated? And they went for that. Like, all right, like you need to hit back. Well, let me show you this menu first. Do you really want to go back? Yes, that's why I, I pressed that button or did this. So they, they definitely have some opportunity for enhancements there. But as a whole, it's a great game. You kind of get a feel of building your own team and you get to kind of relive some of the old legends. Like they've got different modes of people that were in the previous like Stanley Cups that currently right now, if you don't know, NHL is in the middle of its playoffs. So that's cool. But I they're incorporating a lot of different events uh, throughout that, like people that were, you know, that made their name basically through specific plays and they'll incorporate that in there and you can get that player on your team. So it's pretty cool with what they're doing with it. It also allows you to get a somewhat of a, some insight into the prospects that are coming up too. So they'll include prospects within that, which is cool because if you don't actually like keep up with, you know, NHL news, the game is in a sense providing you some of that news of like, here's some up and comers that you should pay attention to here's some previous legends or whatever. And it's pretty neat how they're kind of incorporating both history as well as, uh, you know, the, the future of the game within it. That's kind of cool. So yeah. is it like a live platform? Are they updating it live with content yep. like that? Yep. They're consistently updating it and dropping new players, new events, and um, different modes within that that help you continue to grow your team throughout that. So <clears throat> I definitely want to create a video as part of it. And that's something that we plan to, to release as additional content within this. Cool. Such a sports man. Um, who's your, who do you hope, do you have like a, a favorite in the playoffs this year? Well, the Red Wings have been terrible for the past two or three years. So I haven't really uh, followed too much, but there's a lot of, in general, just for the league, like it is a completely different league and even different from the old NHL, which was pre strike, pre lockout. 
to the new NHL, which became like more skill-based. You had to have speed and things like that. But it is even like if that was the juiced up for like if you gave that initial new version steroids, like that's what we're watching right now. Like the amount of talent right now and like people that are like 18 are in, insane. Like they're just so good and they're doing things that you would only imagine being able to do in a video game. Like a lot of these like crazy trick moves and trick shots, like players are pulling that off in real games and occasionally even in playoffs. So huh. it's like, it's an exciting game to watch and it, I do still love the NHL. I just haven't been into it as much because the Red Wings are uh, hot garbage right now. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Not that the Red Wings are garbage, but no, um, although I'm sure some people listening to this are like, yeah, fuck the Red Wings. They had uh, a good run. They were in the playoffs <laughs> every year I was born, basically. Until I, I was going to say for a while they were, yeah, yeah, for a while they were like the Yankees of the NHL. Pretty much. Um, but it sounds like, so hockey right now is kind of going through like the, the 90s basketball renaissance with like, just insane talent and like people are doing stuff that nobody thought was possible or are honestly like the early two thousands baseball Renaissance before we found out that it was steroids, but oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically all, all baseball is yeah. terrible sport, by the way. Don't watch baseball. I see. And that's such a shame. Cause like of the sports baseball was, was always one of my favorites. And these days it's just like, they're, they're changing rules constantly. And yeah, it's just not any fun anymore. Yeah. Maybe NHL is, is like the last pure sport, you know what I mean? I uh yeah, well maybe. I'll go with that. It's definitely not the most popular sport, but uh, I can think of several things that I find more exciting than a baseball game, like taking a bath in boiling water. Um, <laughs> you know, taking lemon juice, squeezing it in my eyes, like it is quite possibly my least favorite <laughs> sport. And if you devised a sport that's like, how can we make this maximally, like, the most boring game possible? And then they created that. And it's like people get so excited about home runs. Yeah, great, man. He's taken steroids since he was 17. Like, Or corking his bat or both. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on now. Like, is it <laughs> just admit that they all do steroids and just keep steroids like a part of yeah, the just, game. That, that's yeah, just let want. it be a thing at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, when you said taking a bath in boiling water, I for real thought that you were still like talking about in the context of hockey. And I was like, who the fuck does that in hockey? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you were just saying in general. I get it. Um, well, that's cool. That That's our sports corner uh, of the episode, <laughs> I guess. See you um, next week. <laughs> uh, to hear Evan's expert breakdown of the uh, playoffs so far um, and what Maybe. could be better and the calls he would have made. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully those are all teams that are actually in the playoffs. This would just be hilarious if I like people that aren't actually in it anymore. Somebody looked it up and they were like, fucking Boston doesn't even have a hockey team. <laughs> I think the Seattle Kraken are in it. Like that's actually yeah. a new team. Uh, oh man, uh, have you ever heard of the Whalers? Yeah, dude. Only because I played Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey in '98. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So like, I I knew the Whalers from back in the day too, and they're they're not a team anymore. Um, but they still sell out. Whalers gear. No, no, no. Uh, but they still sell Whalers gear, and I really want to buy like a Whalers jersey and a Whalers hat and all kinds of stuff, and then just like act. I want to act like the guy that has no idea they're not a team anymore. <laughs> um okay let's talk about um i've been playing a couple things i just i just finished 
Um, I'll really briefly mention Disco Elysium. So this is a game um, that's been out for a while. It's not new, but I just got to it and played it. It's a really strange game. It's really hard to describe, but I'm going to try. So it's a game uh, at its core. It's an RPG about a detective that has complete amnesia, doesn't know who he is, doesn't even know at the beginning of the game that he's a detective, has no idea where he is or what he's doing. Um, And so this isn't a spoiler. You you find this out very, very early in the beginning of the game. But um, so you're you you are sort of piecing together who you are and what you're currently doing, which is investigating a murder. Um, You're in this this location to investigate a murder. It's a very um, it's a very European sort of influenced area. But it turns out this this game in this world is not Earth. Um, It's somewhere else because like there does like other like unearthly elements kind of play in at some point. Um, It's very, very interesting, but like the game's pretty esoteric. um, And it's so you're like investigating this murder, but there's like there's all this commentary about like um, uh, communist ideals and socialist ideals and capitalist ideals and um, like ruling class uh, versus lower class and um, should those lines exist unions versus, um, like scabs and like, there's all these different social issues at play racism and like all this stuff. There's all these different social issues at play in the game. And you as the player character are sort of navigating all of this. You're gathering information from all these people to solve this murder, which is your main task. But you're also navigating all this other stuff on the side, um, as it's coming up and you're, you're getting sort of wrapped up in all of the other, social issues in this little town um, in which you're investigating the murder. It's really, really interesting. But the coolest to me, the coolest part about the game is that the different parts of your brain talk to each other. So like the different parts of your psyche. So there'll be like the, the intelligent part will um, be at odds sometimes with the more like primal um, like instinctual part of your brain or like the, the more like woo woo, like um, spiritual, I guess for lack of a better word part um, will have suggestions for you that like your, your pragmatic part will have, you know, uh, uh, objections to So like your brain is, is essentially like five or six different characters in itself and it'll communicate with you and you can, you can talk back to it. And so as you're doing that, you're developing who you are as a person and that's affecting your stats and like how the game's going to play out for you and things like that. So it's really interesting on that front. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's on, I think it's on Steam and PS4 uh, right now. It just came out for consoles. So I would say check it out. It's really good. I just finished it. Um, it's And it, it, it incentivizes playing through several times because, like, the game can then can turn out completely differently depending on how you build your character. And, like, your That's character pretty- is just... Yeah, and your character is just an absolute mess. Like, you are... Turns out you're, like, this amnesiac amnesiac uh alcoholic drug addict like just an absolute mess of a human being and it's it's very fun to play that character um so that was a lot of fun um still playing dnd um having a ton of fun with that um i don't remember i think evan the last time we talked about dnd was the last campaign i was playing in which i was playing like this rogue like kind of robin hood type character um, we're in a new campaign now and I'm playing a bard, um, which is like, you know, the traveling like storyteller singer type of guy who's like just like makes friends with everybody everywhere he goes. Um, 
but my my bard is very um naive he comes from the woods and so he's never really like been in like like big societies or, or cities or whatever. So he has no concept of like personal property or like personal space or anything like that. He'll go into a tavern and just like grab food off of somebody's plate. Um, (laughs) and people are like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what this it's food. Like everybody owns, like nobody owns food, you know? Um, so he's like having a hard time adjusting to like life in the city and stuff like that. It's very fun to play that character. Um, it ends up, uh, turning up a lot of hijinks at one point. So my character is a satyr, which is like half goat, half man. Um, so I've got like goat legs, a man torso, <laughs> and then I've got horns. Um, and so at one point we were in a city and this pre like there was like a street preacher out on the street. And he was like, you know, doing his street preacher thing. You know how that goes. And yeah. so like, of yeah, course, my, yeah. So of course my character was like, well, I'm interested in this. This guy seems very urgent about whatever he's talking about. So I went over and talked to him and he's like, Oh, you're like cursed or whatever. I like, we can help you. And so he like shows inside job. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I think he actually said that. And my character was like, nine, what's nine 11. We don't do dates that way. (laughs) And he was like, well, don't worry about it. And so, um, we went back to this, the church or whatever. And he was like, I can help you remove this curse. So then he gets a bunch of his priest friends around and they like pin me down and they start trying to like saw off my horns. Oh, wow. And so I had to like cast this crazy. Yeah. So I had to cast this crazy spell and escape. So now I have beef with the like street, like the priests in this one city that I eventually I got to go back and like fucking tear him a new one. But (laughs) just crazy stuff like that happens all the time with this character. It's a lot of fun. Um, I I got into Biomutant recently that just released and it's a crazy game. It's like a a post, 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 post apocalyptic world where humans are gone. We have destroyed the planet. Um, we made everything toxic. And so humans are out of here. I think they went to another planet or something and kind of left just this mess behind. Um, so, you know, that tracks. That's good. Sounds about right. We're going to try right. and go to Mars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, daddy Musk can, can save us all on, on Mars. <laughs> um, it felt dirty to call him daddy Musk. I don't know why. Whatever. I'll call uh, him daddy. Get us to Mars. <laughs> Honestly, send me to Mars. Like if I die in the process, I'm good. Like that's fine. Yeah, we don't need to worry about fixing our problems here first, but we'll just go straight yeah. to Mars. We'll start. Just get me out of here. Yeah. So Biomutant is a world in which all that's happened. And what's left is like mutated versions of earth creatures. So like you play as this little, it looks like a mix between like a, a fox and like some kind of rodent or something. Um, but you're like anthropomorphic. So you walk on two legs and you've got like fur and all this stuff. Uh, and you are, you've got guns and like melee, um, attacks and there's like some magic-y stuff like they call it psionic powers. You can like shoot electricity from your hands and different things. Um, it's really, it's like an action adventure action type of game. Um, third person, so it's it's interesting. It's not as polished as I was hoping, but it's it's fun. So I'll, I'll probably have more to say about that. I just started playing it. And then the last game that I want to talk about just really quickly is Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8. So, um, Evan, ha- have you played any of the Resident Evil games? Oh, man. I played a couple of them on PlayStation 2. <clears throat> I don't remember what the last one was, but I want to say... What, where did, what are they at right now? Like, which... So this is eight, but they've like they've made a lot more than that because there's like side games too. Um, but this this is like the eighth four. mainline game. Yeah, four would line up. Well, so four released on the Wii. Um, it was like during that generation, so it'd be like Wii, 
Xbox 360, I think. Um, 2005. Yeah, and PlayStation, PlayStation 2. 2. Oh, I said they did re-release it on 4. But yeah, that was... Um, I'm almost positive that was the one that I played through, but there are so many, so I definitely could have uh, mixed that up. So, yeah, so you played probably one of the best ones. Resident Evil 4, I, I would say, is up there for sure. Um, and it's interesting because Village takes a lot of cues from Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels it feels very similar, especially when you're in the actual village in this game. But um, it's an absolute masterpiece. I would say outside of... So my, my favorite Resident Evil games, I'd say, are probably 4, 7, and then 8. But 8 might be creeping its way up above 7. 7 was like... Oh Seven leaned way more into the horror aspect of these games than the previous games have. Um, it was very scary. And uh, it was the first first person Resident Evil ever made. Um, and it was really good. And then eight has has continued the story of seven. It's the same main character. Um, and it's it's crazy. But they've leaned uh they've come back a little bit from the horror aspect and they've leaned more into like some of the action aspects closer to four, closer to two, um, and even three. But the coolest thing is that, so there's like these different areas you'll go to, to like fight different bosses or whatever. And so it kind of incorporates a lot of different feels from a lot of different games. So it's got four, like when you're in the main area of the village, and then there are two resident evil two vibes. Um, when you're in certain parts, like even one, cause there's like a, this castle, um, and so it gives Resident Evil one vibes and there's two vibes cause you're in, um, uh, like, um, not, you're not like ever in a police station, which was Resident Evil two, but like, um, there's, there's certainly like, um, gameplay wise Resident Evil two vibes. And then there's Resident Evil three vibes in that you end up in like this factory, um, at some point. So it's, it's mixing all this stuff together. Um, and it's dumb. Like resident evil is always dumb, but it's really, really fun. Um, and so I've finished one playthrough already. I'm playing through again. Um, and I think we should have some video content on that as well coming up pretty soon. Um, but it's really, really good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So that's, that's the stuff I've been playing recently. There's a a lot of good games in there. A couple of post-apocalyptic here. You, uh, Anything on your mind there, Josh? You feeling like a, the world's kind of going into a weird place? You know, Evan, um, I'm feeling you know I'm feeling pretty optimistic. You know, we we've we've survived a global pandemic. Uh, capitalism now more than ever is proving itself that it's it is just the only the absolute only path forward. And I think we're going to be totally fine. And and when we do eventually exhaust everything on this planet. The only planet that we have currently, we'll find a new one. It'll be fine. By that time, we'll have the technology, and we can just go fuck up another planet. And aliens are here anyway, so it's we, true. you know, our, our time on this planet is limited. But I'm very optimistic. I, I feel like we can just just suck this planet dry, and then we will find a new one. It's fine. Yeah, that's why we have Elon Musk. Right, Daddy Musk. Daddy Musk, help us, Papa. <laughs> uh i mean if you if you want to move to mars and let him be the emperor and be like a janitor for um you know whatever the currency is going to be on mars dogecoin could be you know point, Elon musk does point zero zero one percent dogecoin uh an hour then go for it <laughs> all right josh well we've got epic versus apple 
Oh, the main event. The background. This is a trial that started in late 2020. It finalized on May 24th, but the verdict is going to be coming out in the next few months here. The basis was Epic's flagship shooter. Fortnite was removed from the App Store, so Epic ended up filing a lawsuit. Apple then files a countersuit claiming that the circumvention violated the terms of Epic's contract with Apple. The basis for Epic's lawsuit, Apple charges 30% commission on the App Store, and Epic thinks this is unfair. Epic pays other firms more than it gives Apple, so why did they pick Apple? But there's a number of other things in themes throughout this that are also confusing. It'll make you question terminology and definitions of what is a game. Um, it'll make you question, you know, where is this all really coming from? This has been something that Tim Sweeney, the uh, CEO of Epic, um, has apparently been going after Apple or making fuss about this for quite some time. But really, you know, where's this coming from? Why? Why now? And you know, what does this mean for gamers as a whole? So, Josh, from your knowledge of this, from what you've read too, why should we care? What are some things about this that stick out to you? And, uh, you know, could you tell us a bit more? My favorite, I think my favorite thing about this trial so far is not the Epic versus Apple of it all, which interesting to me is like all of the other video game companies and like, uh, like all the other like software companies and things that have gotten drug into this fight that wanted nothing to do with it. But like documents have been subpoenaed and like things have come out, like things have been unredacted throughout this trial and other co- like literally other companies throughout this trial have been like, Hey, can you re redact that stuff? Like, can we don't, can you just leave us out of it, please? So Either way this goes, I think Epic and Apple have both kind of hurt their um, their reputations like within the space with other companies because like other companies are like, what the fuck? You're airing all of our dirty laundry throughout this whole process, which I think is hilarious. But so there's like some really interesting things that have come out. So specifically related to Fortnite, right? We've got like, do you remember like this was years ago at this point, like back in 2016, 17, 18, um, like all the cross play, um, debate was going on, right? Like between PlayStation and Xbox Mm -hmm. and then PC, like, and then switch, you know, came into it at some point. So all these different platforms were like, and then Xbox at one point was like, yeah, we'll cross play with anybody. And like, and then at one point, it came out that PlayStation um, Rocket League was was, I think, where some of this was happening at the time. But PlayStation had accidentally like literally flipped a switch and it was working for like a brief moment in time. And then they switched it back off on accident. And all that time, PlayStation had been like, it's impossible. Our infrastructure and like we're trying to prov- like uh, provide security for our users and our like our infrastructure and our ecosystem and all this stuff. Sound a bit um, like Kermit the Frog there. Yeah, that's actually how uh, um, PlayStation's CEO sounds. Um, He he talks like this all the time. If you've heard any um, interviews, Um, it's actually just it's Kermit. It's it's a reverse Muppet situation. It's Kermit the Frog Mm. Muppeting the CEO of Sony um, doing that. So um, but they were saying like it it was it would be impossible. Like they they can't do it. It's not just a flip of a switch. Turns out it was. um, But they turned it off and they were very like against it for a long time. Um, 
and essentially like PlayStation have to back then because like they were in the they were killing Xbox during that generation, the PS4, Xbox One generation. So they didn't have to do it. Turns out it was we already knew this, but what is entirely possible? It was a flip of a switch. They have since given on some of that, and so there is cross play for a lot of these games, but it's come out that they're at least charging, at least for Epic, and it looks like they do this for every developer, they're charging Epic to make sure that crossplay is enabled between PlayStation and Xbox and PlayStation and other platforms. So like Epic has to pay a fee to Sony in order for crossplay to work. Not Xbox. Like Xbox doesn't have to pay. Like Xbox isn't charging Epic. Switch isn't charging Epic. Like no P like Steam, like any of those companies, like Valve is not charging Epic for crossplay to work. PlayStation is literally charging a fee to Epic for crossplay to work for Fortnite, which indicates that that's probably the um, the deal that they have in place with like other developers as well. If if they want crossplay to work on their platform, which every developer wants crossplay to work on their platform because it just means more copies sold mm-hmm. um, and more people can play, you know, wherever they're at. Um, another interesting thing that came out. Epic, the Epic Game Store. So, like, Epic is the developer of Fortnite. They've also got a PC game store um, and their own, like, platform that they they use to sell games. And they've been giving away games for free constantly for a very long time since they opened up their game store. Turns out the Epic Game Store is wildly unprofitable. They're bleeding money. In (laughs) fact, they have offered tens of millions of dollars for every and paid tens of millions of dollars for every single exclusive that they've obtained. And then every single game that they have given away. So like every time they give away a game, it's costing them just so many millions of dollars to to do it. They're not even close to turning a profit on the Epic game store. They likely will never turn a profit on the Epic game store. So I'm not really sure what their long-term goal is here. Because Steam never did that to gain its market share. And that like they're trying to compete with Steam essentially. Like that's the other biggest PC store game front. Mm-hmm. Um or PC game storefront. So um that is kind of strange. Um and then I think the other biggest one, um, you allude to something else here that we're gonna get to in a second, the the definition of game versus experience, which I think is hilarious. The other the other thing that I thought was hilarious about this is when the trial started, like it's very obvious that our legal system is not equipped to talk about video games, um, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> at, at one point they brought in different video game consoles to see if Tim Sweeney knew how to fucking operate them, which I think is hilarious. Um, at one point, the tr- so the courtroom has like a public call in line, right? And I don't know how long this has been a thing. Do courtrooms always have that? That seems insane. To a lot me. of this is very lawyer, lawyer esque in terminology. Um, yeah. It's insane. But uh, so they have a public call in line and the court had to figure out how to mute the public call in line to stop random callers from yelling free Fortnite and <laughs> other and other inappropriate things. Um, and also Jeffrey playing Epst- like <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah. Or like they, at one point people were playing Travis Scott music um, like over the public call in line, um, which is causing like DMCA issues and all kinds oh of things. Oh, my gosh. So like they they were just wildly unprepared to hold a trial about video games, like wildly unprepared to talk about them. They had to define all this stuff for the jurors and like and, and now all this other random stuff is being drug in like Sony and and um, Xbox and developers and things like that are getting drug into it. Um, 
it's just a whole big clusterfuck. So like, that's the stuff that's been the most interesting to me out of all this. But as far as what I think it means for like video games as a whole, in my opinion, you know, it literally like things like cross play literally are the flip of a switch. Like that kind of stuff, like software related stuff is entirely possible. It's just not always profitable. Um, and so at the end of the day, like, I think it's just a solid reminder that these companies are here to make money and they're not primarily here to make you as a consumer happy. And if they think they can make you happy and make a profit, they'll do it. But that's the only time they're going to make you happy is if they think they can make you happy and make a profit or if there's something in it for them. Because Epic is losing a ton of money on the storefront, but they're like they've made nine billion dollars or something like that from Fortnite. Um, so they're making their money back, which is, you know, so they're fine with it. So, right. It, that's it, that's what I think is interesting. And to your point, too, like how Epic is paying PlayStation or Sony for the crossplay. Like I, it, it continues to baffle me, though, like that Sony and I mean, I guess they didn't have to. So they, you know, what are the risks versus the rewards of enabling crossplay or, you know, forcing that? Like, do you have to? I mean, for me personally, when I look at it, it's like you're only you only have opportunity because if I can play with my friend on Xbox or who's on Xbox and I'm on PlayStation, like I'm going to be more inclined to play that game. Like I, I don't always agree with like the idea of like there's a limited amount of users out there, which sure there is. But like the fact that if you enable more people to play a system, like you're going to get more of an audience coming into it and getting excited about it. Like me being able to play with friends is a big part of like why I play certain games. Yeah. And if you're, preventing that like i might just not like if xbox is doing that or has the capabilities and are more open to that idea maybe i go towards xbox in the future like their thought process of not allowing it because they want people to go to playstation to me is kind of a little odd because that might be a reason that i'm going to go away from them will i it's playstation i don't know yeah playstation but that idea like others might be on the fence and that could turn them off yeah, they get kind of full of themselves. They uh, they've been kind of full of themselves for a while, right? And like there yeah. there is also the disconnect because it is a at its like Sony still at its core is a Japanese company, and so there is like there is a very like Eastern mindset, um, which is like it, it's almost a very separatist mindset um, when it comes to how they run their business, and they've they have Americanized and Westernized some of it. Like they've, they moved their headquarters to America. Um, Herman, is it Herman Holst? I think is the, the CEO at this point. Um, um, I think it's Herman Holst. He might be head of marketing. Um, but it's, they, they've moved their headquarters to, uh, America at this point. So like they are trying to like appease a Western audience more, but like at its core, it's still a very Japanese company. It's, it's like, it's like Nintendo, like Nintendo's very happy to be separate from everything. So they're just very slow to embrace new ideas. Um, but they're also very like, w- like we're better than you type of mindset. Um, which like that in itself is, I'm not saying that's a Japanese mindset, but like the separatist sort of idea of like, we're just going to do our own thing. Um, seems to be like a very like Eastern mindset. And so it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make sense because if you are, and if you're, if you're allowing cross play, that means that I, I might be on the fence about buying this game on place. Even though I'm a PlayStation user, I might not get this game on PlayStation because I can't play with my friends who also have Xbox, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy an Xbox to play with them. 
because that's an extreme measure. But I just may not get this game at all. Versus if you're allowing crossplay and letting people play freely across platforms, I'm going to get that game so I can play with my friends on Xbox. And that means I'm probably spending more money on your platform. But it just it seems like they don't think that way. No. Which is crazy to me. Who knows? They've got smart people running these companies, too. So there might be some logic behind it. But still, I feel like this is an ever changing. No, nope, uh, I think we figured it out. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> By the way, Jim Ryan is the is the CEO of, of uh, PlayStation, not Herman Holst. I think Herman Holst is head of marketing or something like that. I can't remember. So anyway, some things that have come out of this, though, Josh, you know, there is a big part of this is it turns out there's no legal definition of a game, but most of Apple's app store revenue comes from gaming apps. Why? Why is that important here? I think Epic is looking at the model on PlayStation and saying like PlayStation has made a ton of money off of us, like within this um, ecosystem. And I think if, if Epic can get Apple to give on this, Apple's one of the biggest companies in the world, bigger than PlayStation. So if they can get Apple to break on this, they'll be able to leverage that then that now they've got precedent. And so they can leverage that then to PlayStation. They can leverage that to Xbox. They can leverage that to whatever other platform they're on to lower that cut. There's already an antitrust lawsuit in the works right now um, against PlayStation because PlayStation is the only vendor for digital PlayStation games. So like the only place you can buy digital games for PlayStation is on the PlayStation store. And somebody was like, well, that's kind of a monopoly because you can buy physical games anywhere but you can only buy digital games from playstation themselves and so that's kind of a monopoly Mm -hmm. i don't agree with that it's their storefront so they should be able to do that if they want i think um but to me like it's significant that they're bringing that up or that that came out because they're saying like the big like the biggest cut is is going to playstation because that's where most of our revenue is being made so if we can get like apple who's a like a smaller portion of our revenue but also a huge company if we can like nail them on this, then they can leverage it to the other platforms that they're on and, mm-hmm. and keep more money overall. I think that's, I think that's why. But what this, do also, you agree? I agree. Yeah. And this is also, it's going to force up and coming developers and even current developers too, to consider how they label and define, I, you know, is it a game? Um, Apple maintains different app review standards for gaming apps. And that's, key here too because you know certain games there was one article that came from polygon that was essentially uh, a game about sweatshops and because (laughs) of these different app review standards or in this case a game review they didn't want to have a game that in a sense promoted sweatshops or that they played a game about sweatshops and so that's one area in which it came about but there's you know one one game or i guess experience Roblox was one that was brought into this lawsuit because of this entire definition. And so they were relatively nimble and changed everything on their website front about Roblox to say experience versus a game. And that's because they have other experiences like, you know, community creations or DLCs throughout that that are, you know, more like experiences. You can experience these other community generated uh, DLCs. So, they're already pivoting how they're, you know, labeling themselves when probably still considered a game at the end of the day, like to the, the layman, like that, that's, that's all it is. Like I'm here to play this game, but yeah, 
It's, I mean, ask any little kid, like ask any 10 year old, yeah. like what is Roblox? And they're going to be like, yeah, it's a video game. Yeah. Like what is, what is Fortnite? It's a video game. And they've called them, like you said, they've been calling them games up until it mattered recently. And they're like, like oh, it's oh an shit, experience. this is an <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then they've got like the whole metaverse bullshit that they're doing with Fortnite. And like, so now they're calling like, is it a, is it a game, an experience or a metaverse? And so like now Fortnite's not a game uh, or an experience. It's a metaverse. Exactly. Oh, I hate it. So a lot of these uh, smaller devs and uh, smaller companies are, are being brought into this as well as a result of these two giants going head to head. But at the end of it, I mean, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to change a lot of how, how they look at this entire thing. And honestly, I mean, I would imagine this is probably going to be a lawsuit that's, you know, you want to become a lawyer, you go to school, there's going to be this antitrust case of Apple versus Epic that is going to, you know, promote or, uh, you know, help with the education. Because this is, I think, this is monumental. This is going to change a lot with uh, the gaming industry. And I, I don't think it's, I think it's really just the beginning, like the, after this ends, there's probably going to be further lawsuits that come out. They've got the money. They can keep going at this. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, hopefully it's the community that isn't impacted here. Um, you know, are the costs that might fall on certain developers going to be passed on to the people that are buying those games? There's always a possibility of that because they're always looking for profits and, and revenue. So, you know, if that's at play or at stake, then chances are that could be something that ends up falling with us. But so I, I think one of the funniest outside of like all the other dumb stuff that's come out of this, like defining a video game for a fucking jury, which I think is hilarious and having Tim, Tim Sweeney use a switch to see if he knows how to use a switch in a courtroom. Um, I think it's hilarious like that. This is this is a battle of the Tims. We've got Tim Sweeney versus Tim Cook at the end of the day. These two CEOs of these monolithic companies that are just going head to head in a courtroom. Um, so, so you've got Tim Sweeney is is one of the richest people in the world. I, I don't know where he ranks, but he's like he's still um, majority owner of Epic, CEO Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Um, no, Tim Sweeney is is Epic. Tim Cook is Apple. I thought yeah, okay. Um, I thought you were saying Apple. Yeah. So um, yeah, Tim Cook took over for Steve Jobs, like the legendary Steve Jobs. So you've got like probably a little bit of uh, like inferiority complex or like you know this like Napoleon <laughs> complex of like he's got to live up to Tim or Steve Jobs. Tim Sweeney is this like he he's like self-made is is a is a terrible phrase to use like in reference to Tim Sweeney cuz he's he's a comp, uh, he's a this huge like crazy multi-billion dollar company owner um but he's like he, you know he's kind of like he's he was somebody that you probably call like a little more scrappy you know like in the industry but like this company's like just blown up over the past years so Tim Sweeney so this is like you said earlier Tim Sweeney has been bugging Tim Cook about this for years since like 2014, 2015. Um, and, and then like right before all this stuff blew up, like they exchanged emails and like Tim Sweeney was again asking for Apple to like reduce their cut or whatever. But one thing that I thought was really, really hilarious was back in 2015, Tim Sweeney sent Tim cook this email. Y'all should think about separating iOS app store curation from compliance review and app distribution. 
The App Store has done much good for the industry, but it doesn't seem tenable for Apple to be the sole arbiter of expression and commerce over an app platform approaching a billion users. So he's saying essentially like, hey, it, it doesn't seem great. Like you've done great things for the space, but it doesn't seem great that you're the one that decides like what gets distributed to everybody on your platform. Because it, at this point, like Apple is essentially like a ubiquitous, like it, it's almost as it's almost the same as um, the Internet at this point, like. Imagine one company deciding, you know, what goes on the internet is, is what he's saying. And so like, mm -hmm. that doesn't seem great. So Tim Sweeney sent Tim Cook that email on June 25th, 2015. Tim Cook takes that email. This is so funny to me. Tim Cook takes that email and he forwards it to Phil Schiller and Eddie Q who work for him at Apple and says he forwards, he just forwards the email and writes one line in the email and says, is this the guy that was at one of our rehearsals? Oof. A day later. Um, Who dis? <laughs> yeah, which is like, he doesn't even respond to Tim Sweeney and ask like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I feel like I should remember you, but I, you know, like you obviously have my email address, but like, I, I'm so sorry. Remind me, you know, he doesn't even say that. He just forwards it to his staff essentially being like, can you guys take care of this? I don't, I don't know who this person is. Meanwhile, um, chances if you have direct email to Tim Cook that person probably is of some sort of prominence. I, I highly doubt that Tim Cook's just dishing out his email to random people. Right. So, and he like, he signs off as the, the CEO of Epic. He could even like in this yeah, email, just a quick little Google. Who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. So t Tim Cook is so unconcerned and unbothered by this email that he's like, guys, who the fuck is this? Like, I, I just take care of this please. Um, which I think is really, really hilarious. And that was two weeks. So that was two weeks after Apple's 2015 WWDC event. Um, uh, and so that's like Epic, Epic representatives and, and Tim Sweeney himself had appeared to demo Fortnite at that point, which was still in development for iOS then. Um, and they wanted to talk about like Apple's um, API um, and all that stuff. So like they, like they had had direct interaction. Tim Cook had definitely met Tim Sweeney at this point. They had done a presentation, which is why he was like, is this somebody that was at one of our rehearsals? I just thought that was so funny. Like he was like, I don't know. I don't even know. Who you it's like that Thanos moment. I like, I don't even know who you are. Um, very such, funny. Such I just thought that was very, move. very funny. Yeah. Can you imagine like if, if the two Tims like battling each other were to cross examine each other in the court, what if they were like, Hey, let's just lay it all on the line. Like no lawyers, no judge. Like, we'll just let this decide it. Like, we'll cross-examine each other, and then the jury can decide who they side with. They both loosen up their tie, unbutton yeah, their tie. They're, like, taking button. off their jackets and yeah. rolling up their sleeves. Let's get it. All right. All right. All right. Mr. Cook, I've put several systems, including gaming systems, on display here. Mr. Cook, can you point out the PlayStation 5? Well, yes, of course I can. I'm a um, very smart man. I'm very connected to this space. I know it's going. It's this one right here, uh, sir. That that that's a microwave. Oh, <laughs> pardon me. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I I don't do my own cooking very often. Uh, it looked very futuristic and strange to me. Uh, the the dark space on the middle of the thing. It just looked like a screen. I thought for sure it was screen and system all combined or something. I normally uh, just send an email to my assistant asking him to cook me something up here. 
is this actually a PlayStation 5 assistance? Uh, you you know what? Actually, um, objection. I I I I, beli- <laughs> I I think the PlayStation Five doesn't even actually exist. I think this is entrapment, and I would like the entire trial annulled. I call for a mistrial. Order. <laughs> All right, Mister Cook. I have some questions for you now, sir, Mister <laughs> Smarty Pants. If you were, since you know everything about video game, Mr. Video Game Company, sorry, Metaverse Company CEO, uh, can you tell me if you were to turn on a Switch and purchase a video game, how that might go? Well, sir, um, that's a fantastic question, but I also object. Uh, Sir, how is this relevant at all? Uh, I overrule, your objection is overruled. And we rule uh, badgering the the cross examiner Steve Jobs. <laughs> I listen. I have built my own legacy and my own company. I have my own ideas, and I don't at all lean on my staff to come up with iterations and yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. The company that changes phone chargers every year end up in the ocean. You. That's a very shit. innovative business strategy, sir. We make billions of dollars on our charges every year actually you know what can we get that stricken from the record i i should not have said that i would like to redact that statement and uh back to you uh the the reputable mr sweeney well josh who's whose side are you on do you do you think apple's in the right do you think epic's in the right um it's a great question so like i said earlier neither one of these companies really need us to support them per se from a contractual perspective epic is in breach of contract clearly and simply whether the contract should exist in the first place is another question that's kind of what the trial is about but they were in breach of contract which is why they got removed from the the app store um i have I I have no real love for Apple. I have an iPhone. Um, my wife has a, a Mac. Uh, I have an iPad. Like it's it's not as if we don't own Apple products. Um, but you know it's it's I, not to get too deep or serious about this, but like it's impossible. I feel like at this point in 2021 to be an ethical consumer. No matter what you're using, there is right. something wrong with the company that made it. So like it's not like I have a lot of love for Apple. Um. Epic, though, is a is a worry like I'm going to come off very, very um, strongly here, but I think Epic is a cancer uh, that needs to (laughs) fucking go away. I don't like I have I have far less love for Epic than I have for Apple. Um, Epic like Fortnite and, and the way Epic treats Fortnite and the 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 way that they like leverage their consumer base like the way that they weaponize their consumer base their their player base Mm -hmm. as soon as this whole trial started to me is gross um and i like the hashtag what free Fortnite, free Fortnite, and like Mm -hmm. the the way that they like immediately they had all this collateral ready to go as soon as the trial started which tells me that they like this was all very calculated like within the game like you know the the apple bad guy um like on the tvs and stuff like that to me that's very gross They've made $9 billion from Fortnite, no matter the cut that Apple's taking. Um, and then they like breach their contract to start a whole lawsuit so that they can just like drag all this stuff out in the open. To me, they're a very gross company. And 
they're 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 40% owned right now by Tencent, which is a Chinese company, which has ties to a lot of other very very unsavory things. Like I I won't even list all of it right now, just go look it up. Tencent is not a great company. Um, but they've got their hands in everything. They're 40% owned by Tencent. So to me, Epic is just bad news. Um, I would love for them to go away. That would mean the Unreal Engine would go away as well, but that's fine. Other companies and, and you know development companies are coming up with their own engines. So um, I, I guess I side with Apple just from a purely like this was the contract. Epic broke the contract. And I don't really like Epic anyway. So um, <laughs> I guess that's where I side uh, and why. But what like what are you... Where are you at with all this stuff? I, uh, I think there's probably some type of middle ground within this, but you know, I, I don't like the whole thing is just bringing others into it. So in that sense, I'm not a fan of how Epic did that. I don't like that they weaponized their their audience essentially and use that to their advantage. It's clear, like you said, like they had a plan going into this. Like they're geniuses when it comes to marketing like the fact that Fortnite is blown up as much as it did like that was they did some smart intelligent stuff within that and i think you know they are a behemoth already but you know apple's like it's a it's a household name like you said like you probably chances are have some type of product made by apple within your home they don't need the money but they've they've done a great job of like kind of making things convenient they've brought in products there and it's not even about that it's just like they're already like this massive giant they made a lot of these changes and you can see epics trying to kind of get to that that level in a sense too but i just don't like this whole uh limited resource thing we're going to go after it like just for increasing revenues like i think there's just problems with that and again like the small the small developer probably loses out of this. Like the fact that they've like yeah. certain developers have had to change along the way. I'm not a huge fan of. And so Epic really did kind of initiate this entire thing. They did breach the contract. Like that was what you did. Like you probably could have just gone into it with negotiations there rather than trying to, you know, like you said, weaponize and then create a bunch of this uh, hype around it. And they're probably muddying the water to a certain extent um, which makes like their you know fan base of mainly kids coming at it like I don't really know anything but I love Fortnite so you know screw you Apple like I'm gonna buy yeah that's the free like, Fortnite right like there, yeah. there's a little uh, deceit kind of claim well this, so I I mean Fortnite uh, to be fair Fortnite got taken off of the uh, Google Play Store as well uh-huh. um, like Google's kind of the silent uh, partner in some of this and that like they haven't really been drugged through the mud yet. Um, like Apple has, they own far less of the market share, but Google removed them at the same time Apple did, um, or very shortly after. So that's probably a follow-up, like whether or not there's appeals to this verdict, however the verdict goes, like Epic is probably going after Google next, I would assume. Probably. And then who else, you know, yeah. like, where does it stop there? So. And then probably, well, I think steam has lowered I could be wrong about this. I think, uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Xbox has lowered their cut that they take from developers who sell on their storefront. So yeah, we'll have to see. Do you think it's a problem that, uh, companies like Apple who own storefronts, app stores, things like that, or Sony like selling digital games. Do you think it's a problem that they are the only, like you can't buy Apple apps from anybody, but Apple, you can't buy digital PlayStation games from anybody but PlayStation. Do you think that's a problem? Like, do you think Epic has a point in that regard of you control too big of a market? Or do you think like it's their platform, they deserve to have control of it? 
I guess it would that to flip that question is what are we what have we not seen as a result of this? Because currently, if that is if I told you that the rules of the game are this, you have to make it exclusive on this platform. Like the developers kind of go into it like, oh, I'm going to create this for PlayStation, therefore they can download it from the PlayStation Store. I, I don't know if there's a sense of people that are like, ah, well, it's only PlayStation, so we need to go with Steam or we need to go with this particular like platform and uh, store. So I don't know if it's genuinely even a problem. I feel like it's Epic's way of trying to highlight a problem for their benefit or highlight what they think is a problem. They're just trying to find an angle basically like yeah. into this. And, you know, that is like something where, oh, you know, look at all the people that can't do these games because of this, this monopoly. Like, not really. There's plenty out there right now. You could go to Steam. You could go to yeah. Sony. You could go to Xbox. Like, that's not truly a limiter. And especially you've got Xbox saying, yeah, we'll have crossplay. So, like, you can go to there, download it, and still play with people from those other systems in many cases. So, I don't know if it's genuinely a problem or just Epic being swiney, if you will. Just trying to, like... <laughs> Good old kind Tim of, Swiney. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would side with Apple here. I don't really know if there's much of a, a lost market because of this. I just don't want to see the community get hurt as a result of it, both developers as well as the people playing. Yeah, that's fair. There's also the, like, there is the benefit, right, of, like, Apple being fully in control of their market, PlayStation being fully in control of their market. And, like, nobody's pointing at Microsoft, but Xbox does the same thing. You can't buy Xbox games digitally unless you buy them from microsoft like mm -hmm. either on the pc or on the xbox but there is the added benefit of like apple like has a certification process you have to go through to get on their app store playstation has a cert process to go through xbox has a cert process to go through and so like that guarantees some level of quality you know like we saw that fail with cyberpunk because there are like waivers and extensions that you can get for like certain things and then you know if a developer burns the platform then they burn the platform but for the most part, that prevents like junk from getting onto these stores. Now that can be abused too, but like there is the added benefit of that. And Apple, I think pointed, we didn't talk about this, but Apple pointed that out um, for Epic specifically, because there was a developer that put um, essentially their own storefront as an app on the Epic store. And then you could go into that storefront and get different games from that storefront within the Epic store that you could download. And that opened Epic up to essentially like people could then download like adult themed content and things from that storefront that was downloaded from the Epic store. And Epic doesn't allow that kind of content on their store. So like Apple was like, well, right there, you can't regulate if like somebody's selling a storefront or offering a storefront on your storefront, you can't regulate the stuff that's on that storefront. You can only regu regulate the apps that you allow on your storefront in the first place. So there is the benefit of like the certification process and like the, mm -hmm. the quality control. Um, so I don't think it's much of a, a problem either, but yeah. we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to see what the verdict is going to be. And I feel like it might be kind of a mixed bag, but we'll yeah. have to see. And I, again, it's going to, this is just the start of it. There's going to be more that comes out afterwards, especially if Tim Cook or Tim Sweeney's been, this has been on his mind since 2015, if not earlier, like, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, he's he's had this bone to pick since yeah. forever ago. So he's just mad that Tim Cook didn't know who he was. All right, I'm. Yeah, yeah. He, that got back around to him, and he's like, "Oh, fucking, he'll oh. remember me till the day he goddamn <laughs> yeah. dies." Um. All right. Well, tune back in. Well, I mean, I'm positive that we'll be talking about this again when the verdict comes out, and we'll we'll have more to say about Apple versus Epic. But um, 
Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Let's move on, Evan, to a new segment called You Didn't Ask, We Answered. And this week, we're contemplating a very important topic, one that I'm sure has crossed every listener's mind. Is Mario a human being? Man. It doesn't seem... It seems like it could go either way, right? Like, Mario does some very inhuman things. He consumes flowers and shoots fireballs out of his hands. He eats mushrooms and grows. Hey. He get he gets touched by other mushroomy looking things and shrinks. Um, he he eats stars and is invincible. There are things that are very inhuman about Mario, but is it a human in an inhuman world? So inhuman things are happening to Mario, or is Mario not human at all? Is he something else entirely? Man. I'm going to go with uh, the first. He's a human in an inhuman world. Like he's kind of entered into this, this dimension or space, uh, probably because he ate a boatload of mushrooms. And that's why he's seeing a bunch of different parallels with mushrooms. He's making him tripping balls. Yeah, he's just tripping. He's literally lying on his bed or something throughout this entire experience while he's just going into this other dimension of, uh, you know, the Super Mario world entering different doors and going to different spaces like underwater worlds or whatever, but through pipes, you, exactly. you just, you just reminded me of something. I'm going to, I want you to continue in a second, but you just, you just reminded me of something that I haven't actually thought about in this way. So like there are, there's definite drug references in Mario, whether it's intentional or not. He eats mushrooms, he eats flowers, things happen to him because he does these things. <laughs> he grows when he eats mushrooms, whatever. Um, Mario's a plumber by trade. Okay. So they say. So, and the the from from what I understand about mushrooms and psychedelics, like the psychedelic mushrooms, the psychedelic mushrooms come from shit mushrooms, right? Like usually cow yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that this is all just Mario doing some plumbing. He finds a mushroom somewhere in his plumbing journey <laughs> at some point, yeah. decides to consume it for whatever reason in the shit that he's working in. And then this is all just some kind of like psychedelic fever dream. Could be, you know, he, he is, uh, he eats a star. It goes into a very psychedelic, like flashing colors and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, where does bat, like how does his imagination concoct Bowser and where does, uh, I mean, Peach come into all of this? Like, did he, was he tripping and like a turtle just happened to be next to him? And he's like, Oh my God. I, you know, he is, again, he is a plumber. So, uh, you know, there could be little turtles down there. Uh, (laughs) It could be like other little reptiles. Who knows? Toad people, you know, I like, I don't know really how you get to like toadstool, like mushroom people, but, uh, in underwater, you know, like the pipe burst as he's tripping and really his client is princess peach that he just found attractive. And that's his whole, his whole dream. And meanwhile, she walks into the floor and he's got like vomit coming out. And she's like, what the hell is going on? And he's fighting Bowser in his, his dream world or whatever. I don't know. I, I would say Mario's a human, though, and he's just, uh, we're watching his his trip, if you will. <laughs> we're, and, like, each iteration is like, Mario's just, at this point, he's just a fucking scumbag psychedelic addict or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't think you can even get addicted to psychedelics, but like he's like, that's all he wants to do ever is just trip anymore. So like, that's why we've got so many Mario games. He's just constantly tripping 
all the time. And we're like, oh, new Mario game. Cool. And he still hasn't flicked the, fixed the plumbing job that he was hired to do. Oh, yeah. He's he's <laughs> he's a plumber in name only at this point. He's like yeah. he's an ex-plumber, uh, but that's the only trade he can like hang his hat on at this point. Because <laughs> uh, you can't be a professional psychedelic taker, at least not officially. Not yet. One can dream, Evan. Yeah. Um, it's changing. So I, I will say this. I looked up an article um, about Mario. I was like exploring this is Mario human rabbit hole. And I found an article that talks about whether or not Mario is a mass murderer. And the reason that question, that's a weird question. The reason that question comes up is this. In the manual for the original Super Mario Brothers game on Nintendo, it states the quiet, peace-loving mushroom people were turned into mere stones, bricks, and even field horse pair, horsehair plants, and the Mushroom Kingdom came to ruin. Now, if you're familiar with Mario at all, you know that there's a lot of brick breaking that goes on in that game. You're constantly just jumping and breaking oh, bricks, boy. and you're getting coins out of those bricks, and you're getting mushrooms and flowers and stars out of those, and extra lives out of those bricks. And so in, in like the object of the game description, it says... Um, the quiet, peaceful people were turned into mere stones, bricks, blah, 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 blah. Mario, the hero of the story, hears about the mushroom people's plight and sets out on a quest to free the mushroom princess from the evil Koopa and restore the fallen kingdom of the mushroom people. You are Mario. It's up to you to save the mushroom people from the black magic of the Koopa. So it seems as if when you are breaking bricks, you are murdering people before you have broken the magic spell and returned things back to normal. And so you are just indiscriminately murdering. And you know this, apparently, somehow. So you're just indiscriminately murdering people on your way to save the princess. Who also, by the way, is a piece of shit. Because she's not doing... She, is, she hasn't lifted a finger to help her people. Like, there's no defenses put in place. Bowser is constantly kidnapping her and invading the Mushroom Kingdom. And Princess Peach has done nothing. She's she has not built a, a defense program. She's got no missiles. She's got no army. No, nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's got all of these, uh, you know, mushrooms that can make her large. And like she, she has the same tools that Mario has at her disposal. And how right. many fucking Mario games are we at at this point? And how many times has she been kidnapped? Like this is 2021. God damn it. Princess Peach can take care of herself. Yes. Like. Build a bigger castle or something. Like you don't need a plumber <laughs> to come save you. Just like install a better moat or maybe just right. some turrets, like a you know, some kind of a defense system. Yeah. And yeah, also it, Bowser no means no, buddy. Bowser's real. a scumbag too. Every everybody in the story is bad people. But what about the people too? You know, you get those coins. Are coins the life force of the people that were turned into bricks? It's in like souls. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Mario is a souls game. It's a dark souls game. You're breaking bricks, consuming coins. You earn extra lives. Like coins are the currency. Like souls are the currency in, in souls games. Oh my gosh. This is all making we just so much sense. Yeah. Mario is a souls game. We figured it out. Crossover coming soon. This is insane. <laughs> oh, man. It's a me, um, Dark Soul. <laughs> it's a me, a murderer. <laughs> um, a plumurderer. Uh, 
So, um, oh, and then you, you mentioned a documentary in this, in yeah. this outline. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, uh, Robot Chicken did a Super Mario episode about this. Look it up, Robot Chicken's Super Mario GTA. And it yeah. really puts this into a, a different perspective where he, he is just obsessed with taking mushrooms and uh, making, making that coin. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. So uh, listeners, go research Mario. I think at one point Nintendo did officially say that Mario is a human, although in Super Mario Odyssey, which is the newest um, like mainline Nintendo Switch Mario game, uh, you go to a city in which there are human inhabitants, and Mario doesn't look anything like the humans in the city. Um, so that's weird, too. So there's like Mario's either like he's deformed or something for a while. He didn't have nipples, um, <laughs> which was an odd choice too. Uh, that so, make you look anyway. twice. Yeah. You know, you're at the beach and somebody takes their shirt off and they have no nipples. You'd be like, Hmm. Yeah. Is this I mean, person really human? Doesn't necessarily mean they're not human, but it's iffy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's uh go look up more about Mario um because I think that's hilarious. So um cool man. Anything else before we I think we're right we're just we're drawing to a close. Mhm. Anything yeah. else before we get out of here for this season 2 episode 1 of Casual Sweats. I, I'd say from a, a general standpoint just stay tuned. We plan to get into some video content here as well and uh want to do more clips get different uh oh my goodness we want to get more clips out there we want to do more video related content in general and uh one of the first things that we want to work on is does this game pass the casual test like can you pick up this game and play it in smaller chunks we've all got lives some of you might have kids out there but you still enjoy playing games to to de-stress so we're going to do a breakdown of of various games game categories and why we might or why we think they're best for casual gaming. So stay tuned for that. Plan to release some more uh, details about that in the future. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about video content, um, which you are going to be uh, spinning up. Um, Evan's the uh, the video editing genius of Let's the hope. team. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how that goes and, and what comes of it. But yeah, stay tuned. Um, we're looking forward to E3. So come back. Uh, to hear us nerd out about whatever happens at E3 um, here in a couple weeks. Um, like us on social media, facebook.com slash casual sweats pod. Um, that's the best place to do that because I think that's the only place we are currently on social <laughs> media. Um, leave us a review, ask us questions, email us at casual sweats at gmail.com and ask us a fucking question. So we don't have to talk about whether or not Mario is a human or a murderer. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And it doesn't even have to be video game related if it's an interesting enough question. So send us a question, leave us a review. And Evan, as always, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. <laughs>